Good morning. It is Wednesday, October 19th, and trending this hour, billionaire philanthropist Mackenzie Scott. She has donated $84.5 million to Girl Scouts of the USA. With 2.5 million members worldwide and 111 national branches, the Girl Scouts of America say they are the largest leadership organization for girls in the world. Mackenzie Scott, the ex-wife of Amazon founder Jeff Bezos, is worth an estimated $34 billion. Also trending, the NBA. It starts tonight. The season kicks off with showdowns between the Celtics and the 76ers, followed by a matchup between the Lakers and the Warriors. And finally trending, wallpaper, but not for your walls. The latest interior design trend is to put wallpaper on your ceiling. It is eight minutes after nine. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. And let's start off with some new polling released from the New York Times and a Siena College poll. It came out yesterday and affirms the argument that we've been saying for months now. What is important to you? Is it the roof over your head, the food on your table? Yes, the economy beats out abortion when it comes to your priorities. So this November won't be Rovember after all. Only 5% say abortion is the most important issue to them. And women are split right down the middle, 47 to 47 on this topic. Yes, this is why you should listen to this show every single day. Because if you <laughs> listen to this show every single day, you know for the past three months we've been telling you that it is not going to be abortion. It's not going to be January 6th. Sixth. It's not going to be Donald Trump that's going to decide the election. There is no current international military conflict that the U.S. is involved in, as we saw like in 2006 when that was a decider. This will be, as it almost always is, the economy first and foremost. And if it is indeed the economy first and foremost, then that is terrible news for the Democrats because they've done a terrible job on the economy. Look, polling is, and we've said this a million times, and I'm going to say a million and one, Mm -hmm. polling up until about three or four weeks outside of an election, for the most part, is nothing but voter manipulation designed to get people to think, well, everybody else is doing it. If I don't do it, there must be something wrong with me. What am I missing that everyone else is seeing? Sample sizes are skewed. I saw uh, Real Clear Politics Mm -hmm. came out, which is a collection of all the polls and what Real Clear Politics actually does that is also super interesting is uh, they will look at these polls and say, okay, collectively, how undersized is a sample? And that's super important. So Real Clear Politics now taking in all these polls and looking at the undersize of a sample now has the Republicans at 52 Senate seats. Gee, Casey, where have you heard for the past five (laughs) months the Republicans are going to win 52 Senate Mm -hmm. seats? They've got them winning in Georgia. They've got them winning in Nevada. They've got them holding in Pennsylvania and Georgia and Ohio. Gee, Casey, where have you heard that for the past five months? Polling, and it happens every single election cycle, and people get obsessed with these polls. It is nothing but an attempt to maneuver you to think you are wrong for your belief system if you are a likely Republican voter. And alert the presses, random, confused, accidental act of journalism once again over at NBC. Mm -hmm. They're saying the same thing. It's the economy.
Anna, we've talked so much all year about the economy and inflation being important issues. How about this? This is a New York Times poll, brand new here, asking voters what's the top issue on your mind this election. I haven't seen it this dramatic in a poll. Add the economy and inflation together. That is 44 percent. We're getting close to half of all respondents in this poll saying that's their top issue. Nothing else even cracks 10 percent right now. And we've talked about the Republicans when it comes to the economy and inflation having a pretty clear advantage in the polls. And that brings us to the next. Another thing that I thought was really interesting in this poll was Biden's approval or disapproval ratings. 39% say they approve of his performance, while 58% are disapproving and 45% strongly disapproving. And are we on the right track or the wrong track? Well, on the right track, only 24% of these people polled said we're on the right track, with 64% people saying the nation is on the wrong track. And another interesting thing that came out of this poll was that it found that independent female voters swung dramatically to the right in the past month. And I believe we said that on this very program. Yes, because unless you are someone who is going to have an abortion or you plan to have an abortion or you're just some freaking weirdo who lusts <laughs> after abortion for other people, you're not voting based on abortion. The country is overwhelmingly, once you get past the first trimester, against abortion. Mm-hmm. The problem for the Democrats are, and we're going to play this later on in the show, there are no limits. And people keep keep catching on to this, whether it's Fetterman or Biden or fill in the blank. Mm-hmm. There are no limits for these people. I mean, look, at this is what's going to hurt uh, Tom McDermott here in Indiana more than anything else. And and one of the reasons our show is so popular is we're not telling you the Democrats are going to lose because we want the Republicans to win. The honest reality of this is nothing's going to change because the Republicans have proven to you nothing is going to change by them being in there. They're not mad about the money being spent. They're mad that the money's not being spent to help their people out. And that's why when Micah makes the argument, like he did yesterday, our our friend of the show, Micah Beckwith, that, well, you know, you got to vote for Todd Young because that means, you know, uh, uh, Cruz and Rand Paul and, uh, you know, Mike Lee, they're going to be in these committee ships. No, they're not. It's going to be the same people it always is. It's going to be Mitch McConnell calling the shots. It's going to be John Thune, Barrasso out there in Wyoming, uh, Lindsey Graham. It's going to be the same group of goobers who never follow through, who are just establishment swamp creatures. Same thing in the House. Look at who the speaker's going to be. Kevin McCarthy. Mm -hmm. It's John Boehner. It's Paul Ryan. It's Kevin McCarthy. Nothing's going to change. So we're not telling you, oh, my gosh, this is so great. The Republicans are going to win. We're telling you the reality, which is we have a society who has had it ingrained in them that you must choose one of these two turds in the punch bowl. And (laughs) each turd keeps tasting like a turd. So we go back and forth between turds, which is why, again, here in Indiana, Tom McDermott, is going to lose to Todd Young. Not because Todd Young's good, not because Todd Young has earned a whole bunch of votes, but because Tom McDermott, despite kicking Todd Young's ass for the first 30 minutes in that debate when it was on the economy, couldn't help himself. And when it came to the abortion issue, he went hardcore to the left. When it came to the environment, hardcore to the left. And then the next day, he's out having this contract with women thing Mm -hmm. that McDermott and on-demand abortion advocate Destiny Wells are appearing at. And it reminds people, yeah, you know what? Diego's a goober and a loser, but... (laughs) 
it ain't he ain't destiny wells and so there'll be a bunch of people who will not vote for jeff moore despite the fact that he is overwhelmingly the most qualified person the libertarian because they're petrified of the on-demand abortion stuff which the democrats can't stop talking about and it's what we've been saying all along abortion doesn't affect your everyday life but needing gas in your car does and I, you mentioned goober and turd and let's talk about one rock'em sock'em nancy pelosi <laughs> was throwing praise upon joe biden she dismissed the new polling that shows issues such as crime and inflation are most important to you instead she claimed abortion will decide the midterm elections and regarding that new york times poll which we were just talking about she said i think it's an outlier poll but in some cases there's no substitute for experience and i think that what we have been through with the legislation under the leadership of president biden who has done a spectacular job he's had a better two years than most uh, presidents that you can name certainly in the recent generations uh, well, let's be clear. For Nancy Pelosi, recent generations means the past 100 years. So <laughs> I'm, I'm going to go with Reagan on that one, okay? Uh, but if she thinks he's doing a good—well, mm-hmm. I mean, whether she thinks or not, she's, she's saying, saying she, that, yeah. that he's doing a good job. And this is why I think people are so frustrated, which is when you have a bad experience with a company you do business with, what do you expect? They're going to acknowledge the problem and they're going to rectify the problem. In the case of the Democrats, they're saying, oh no, 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 I know you can't afford food or gas or you're petrified about whether you're gonna be able to heat your home this winter, but everything's great. Our company is an A-plus company and you better learn to like that. Mm -hmm. I mean, and people are just saying, nah, we're we're not gonna do that. Now, real quick, I know we gotta get to a break. Here's the problem. I saw somebody in the chat say, you know, yeah, there's the spending with the Republicans, but they're gonna get oil going again. No, they're not. Everything Biden did is through executive order. The one thing the Republicans would have to do to hold Biden accountable is shut the government down, not give him the money. What do Republicans always do? They're funding Democrat budgets right now. Republicans aren't going to do anything. The Republicans never do anything because they agree on most of the stuff. They are, for the most part, most of the Republican Party, just like the Democrats, is walking. They're slow walking us towards Marxism. The Democrats are sprinting there. But ultimately, the Republicans like big government and big spending, too. The Republicans are going to do do nothing. Okay, we're going to talk about high tax Holcomb coming up next from 93 WIBC. Good morning. We can go on so don't plan on passing the Duce to the left hand side anytime soon in Indiana. Although President Biden has granted full and unconditional pardons to all Americans with federal convictions of simple marijuana possession, he did this in an executive action this month, and uh, Indiana's not going to be following suit anytime soon. Holcomb said in a statement that until these federal law changes occur, I can't in good conscience consider issuing blanket pardons for all such offenders. So Biden did call on state governors to do the same for state convictions, saying just as no one should be in a federal prison solely due to the possession of marijuana. No one should be in a local jail or a state prison for that reason either. But Eric Holcomb is saying not so fast. Yeah, Lockdown McGee is really, really subjective when he... uh when he uh, decides whether he wants to follow, air quote here for the people on YouTube, the law or not. Because when it came to, you know, shutting down the state or putting a million people out of work or trying to put you in jail for not wearing a mask or making sure that 
Malik Muhammad was only not a, not arrested for threatening to storm the governor's mansion on live television. Uh, he he not only was not arrested, he got a VIP meet and greet with the governor and got to write part of the police reform bill. But when it comes to marijuana and medical marijuana, at the very least, saying let's create an environment that fosters people getting the best medical care possible and promoting the idea that we now want people to get off dangerous opioids and make the best choices between them and their physician. And the best way to do that is to let the people who have created victimless crimes have this terrible thing off their record. No, no, you know, then I did good, good conscience. I can't do that. And it probably, probably has nothing to do, Casey, with the amount of money Eric Holcomb has taken from Big Pharma over I the was going to say, let's talk about fundraising. It's who's running his campaign or who did run his campaign for the past couple of years. And here's some statistics for you. In just four years, from 2018 to 2021, more than 94,000 people were charged with misdemeanor marijuana possession here in Indiana. But right now, at well, as of past Thursday, according to the Marion County Sheriff's Office, there was just one person in the adult ten- detention center with a marijuana possession charge. Look, look, one of the things I agree with that Ryan Mears has done has said, we're not doing this anymore. It's about the one thing I agree with that the Marion County prosecutor has said, we're not doing this anymore. Now, he's not taking that uh, wealth of resources by not doing this and making the city safer. So he's a colossal failure on that. But there, and, and, and I think this is what's most frustrating about this is that multiple Republicans have publicly said there are the votes to legalize at least medical marijuana in the state of Indiana, but we won't do it because Holcomb's against it. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. You weren't elected to represent Eric Holcomb. You were elected to represent me. And poll after poll after poll shows Hoosiers are overwhelmingly. Hoosiers are supportive in poll after poll after poll of all use of marijuana, Mm -hmm. but especially 70 plus percent, 80 percent in some polls support medical marijuana. There's not a thing in the world that 80 percent of the people agree with that they wouldn't be sprinting to uh, Everybody wants for. this. Let's do it. I mean, how they legalized sports gambling and didn't have near the support medical marijuana does. These lawmakers who are so cowardly that they force people suffering with dangerous, terrible illnesses like ALS, cancer, PTSD, I mean, you name it, to get hooked on these dangerous opioids, mm-hmm. they're all rotten, awful people because they are forcing people into very dangerous medical decisions because they're subservient to a governor who is a giant, giant, giant failure. That is the one thing that I will agree with Tom McDermott on during the Senate debate he had that we're getting the Indiana two-step on this. The governor's saying, I can't do it until federally it changes. All these other states are, so what's their problem? The the federal government is telling you to do it. The president of the United States told you to do it. Mm -hmm. It's not like, oh my gosh, the federal government, this is not the whiskey rebellion in which George Washington is going to be marching in with troops if you say, hey, we're going to join many, many other states in this country that at least on medical marijuana are going to say, okay, the federal government is begging you as a collective. Look at these, like the live PD show. It's not called live PD anymore. On Patrol Live. Mm -hmm. So many of these places, even where weed is technically still illegal, if it's a minor amount, they're telling the people, just just tell us what you got. Mm-hmm. We'll get rid of it, yeah. and then you go on your your merry way. We want to make sure you know you don't have heroin or crack or you know w- whatever. But 
if it's just a minor amount of weed and you're honest with me, I'm going to take it. Or at the very worst, I write you a little citation and then you go on your merry way. Law enforcement's done dealing with it. Society is done dealing with it. The only people who are hanging on to it are these corrupt politicians who have something to gain and the gain is the big pharma lobby by keeping it illegal and eric holcomb once again sides with special interest over regular people well and it's not even like indiana would be stepping out into uncharted territory these other states have led the way our neighboring states are already doing this so it's not like we're <laughs> inventing the wheel here it's 9:27, and we're going to make you laugh coming up in just a bit because our president has his latest Ron Burgundy moment. And if you missed it, we've got it for you coming up from 93 WIBC. Good morning. It is 934. And if you'd like to watch us on YouTube, you can do that. Just type in Kendall and Casey WIBC into the YouTube search bar. And somebody commented, one of our roomies, one of our lords and ladies of Spending Berg in the chat room, made a comment that you would like to address. Yes, first of all, uh, huge kudos to Kevin for the King Harvest there, probably on the Mount Rushmore of One Hit Wonders, uh, mm-hmm. Dancing in the Moonlight. Phenomenal song. Good job, Thank Kevin. Okay, you. so uh, somebody in the chat I saw uh, said... I'll be pulling the, the straight GOP lever in a couple weeks, and you are, you being me, I guess, 100% mm-hmm. right. It's because I'm afraid of the Democrats keeping control of the Senate. All right, so let's just operate from the standpoint that your life operates around just continual perpetual fear and letting letting terrible awful people continue to run your life and they will continue to be terrible and awful because you're afraid of someone else let's just operate from that which is the united states senate and we've said for a long time todd young is going to be reelected. it wouldn't matter if if james siniak had been mr smith goes to washington in that debate it's not going to matter because there's so many republicans who are petrified of the democrats and tom mcdermott second half of that debate reminded people why they're petrified of the democrats that's one office. Mm-hmm. That, that's that's one office. You're going to tell me that you are you agree with every single Republican on your ballot, and every single Republican has earned your vote. There's no way that I'm sorry. There's no way you have done your research, and every single Republican on your ballot has earned your vote. Let's just operate from the standpoint that you are such a cowardly human that you will vote based on the fear of somebody else in a U.S. Senate race. That's a sucky existence, but okay. What about all the other offices? You're going to let Diego Morales be your Secretary of State? Like So there is no limit, right? If you're saying I will vote for Diego Morales for Secretary of State, you are saying... Henceforth, whatever garbage the Republicans throw at me, I am ex- I, I am in a life of serfdom to the Republican Party because you cannot get any worse as a candidate than Diego Morales. You can't get any more. They're, they're, like, who would they nominate that would have more red flags other than, I don't know, maybe Charlie White, who Diego was so bad, even Charlie White was like, you got to go, dude. <laughs> so, so what you are saying by this, it's fine. Look, uh, there is... It is a bizarro argument to me. I don't get it, but uh, let me. It's not that I don't get it. I don't agree with it, but I get that people would go, oh my gosh, I live in a delusional world where Mitch McConnell will let Rand Paul and Ted Cruz and Mike Lee have major roles in shaping policy in the Republican Party, and you you vote for Tanya. Okay, fine. 
great, whatever. But Diego? So you're saying Really? So you're saying if you really feel that way and you want to vote for Todd Young because you're afraid of what will happen to the Senate, the makeup of, you know, the chamber, do that, but don't vote straight ticket. Voting straight ticket is the laziest, least productive, most harmful thing you can do. Because one, I think there's still controversy on whether you get to actually vote for the school board races. Mm -hmm. But two, work your way through the ballot. It only takes two minutes. It has never taken me longer to vote once I'm actually in the booth Mm -hmm. than two minutes. If you say, I'm going to vote straight ticket Republican this fall, you are telling the Republican Party, and this is why they behave the way that I do. And people, he's attacking his audience. No, I'm not. Because you people like this because you listen every day and I do this every day. <laughs> and because you're listening, the majority of people want to be informed. And the informational approach here is that Diego Morales is absolutely the worst person possible you could throw your vote to. I just, it just blows my mind that someone would actually type that out in public and go, yeah, I'm voting straight ticket Republican. This is why they behave the way they do. Mm -hmm. Why do you think the Republicans only gave you $200 of the $1,500 they owe you back? Why do you think the Republicans pass record budgets? Why do you think the Republicans enact record taxation? Why do you think the Republicans wouldn't suspend the gas tax? They're not afraid of you. Exactly. They know no matter what you do, you will kneel at that altar out of fear or some weird loyalty or whatever. You are doing such a harm. If And if you're going to do it, don't say it out loud. <laughs> don't say it out loud. Remember, they are public servants and you are a private citizen. You have the right to leave one thing blank. <laughs> Just... Don't, I mean, hey, I applaud, I applaud him for voting, though. I no, mean, I don't. No, 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 no. If you're that lazy in the approach, you get no applause. You get shame. If you are that lazy that you just press one letter and go, well, I'm done here. I've done my part. You haven't done your part for anything. You haven't put any effort into it. But what about the people who complain all the time and don't even vote? They're the same. This is the same as not voting because you're not putting any effort into it. You're not doing any research. You're not talking to any candidates. You're not making anybody earn your They're vote. They're listening to this program well clearly we're not getting through to them casey which is why i'm doing this right now Well, maybe you will today i would rather you not vote than go in and vote straight republican you would be doing less harm to society by not voting than going in and and same thing for the democrats too like i the majority of our audience is conservative so Mm -hmm. i'm mentioning them but it's the same thing for the democrat there's no way if you are a democrat voter that every single democrat on that ballot has earned your vote. There's no way. This just this just drives me insane. The people have fought and died. Here's the thing. Okay, let's 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 role play here for a second. All right. Imagine if you had to look the people who stormed the hill at Iwo Jima in the eye. Okay. Imagine if you had to come face to face with them, and they asked you. They said, "What have you done?" for the reward we have given you by giving you these liberties and freedoms. And you said, (laughs) well, I voted straight Republican. Really? That's honoring those people? I put no effort into it whatsoever? I just went in there and pressed a button and went out? Would you have the audacity to say that to, to the face of the people who stormed the hill at Iwo Jima? No, I wouldn't have the guts to say that to my grandpa. My gosh, that's frustrating. If you are planning on just going in, whether you're a Democrat or a Republican, or I guess you can vote straight libertarian as well, (laughs) don't vote. Just do us all a favor and stay home. 
because you are lazy. And quite honestly, if that's all the effort you're going to put into it, I'm not even sure you deserve to vote. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC, and let's talk about President Biden. He had his latest Ron Burgundy moment. He spelled out the DOT from the teleprompter while he was reciting a web address during his student loan relief speech. This was at an event that was held at the White House on Monday. We meant to get to this yesterday, but we ran out of time. He was touting the new reform in the website and urging Americans <laughs> to reply, and this is all part of the student loan transfer. And so you remember back in July when he said, end of quote, when he was reading (laughs) the teleprompter, the quotation during prepared remarks. He did it again. He did it again. Let's take a listen. If you get any questionable calls, please tell us by going to report fraud, report fraud, D-O-T-F-T-C dot gov. <laughs> okay, so the website is really <laughs> report fraud. <laughs> .ftc.gov, and that's the federal government's website where you can report fraud, scams, and bad business practices. But it just reminds us all again, don't worry, kids. Don't worry. We, we have someone in charge, and uh, we have Ron Klain, the unelected de facto president in charge. He'll, he'll take care of us because our current president is more like Ron Burgundy. Damn it, who typed a question mark on the teleprompter? For the last time, anything you put on that prompter, Burgundy will read. I have some information that you can choose to use or not use. Up to you. Ron Burgundy will read anything that is put on that teleprompter. And when I say anything, I mean anything like the DOT. It's 943. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. So Joe Biden promised yesterday that the first bill he sends to Capitol Hill next year will be one that codifies Roe v. Wade. That's if Democrats control enough seats in Congress for him to sign abortion protections into law. This was in a speech that was designed to energize his party just three weeks ahead of the November midterms. This happened at the Howard Theater in Washington. Now, is that true? Can he do that? Does wouldn't they need to abolish the filibuster if he were if he were going to do that? What's that? Uh, if he wanted to codify Roe v. Wade, wouldn't he have to abolish the filibuster first? Well, sure, you'd have to get it passed through the U.S. House and the U.S. Senate, and he knows there's no way that's going to happen because Republicans are he's grandstanding at this point. Yeah. He knows there's no way, even if the Democrats were to somehow keep the Senate or keep it 50 50, there's no way the Republicans are going to allow that to happen. And they don't really want it to happen because it's like anything else in government. Once you air quote solve the problem, not that re- reinstating Roe versus Wade isn't solving anything, right. but once you solve the problem, then you can't fundraise off of it mm-hmm. anymore. Right. And that is so often, and people need to get this through their heads, Democrat or Republican, this is so often why d- government doesn't even try to solve problems or doesn't actually solve the problem is because once they've solved it, they can't make money off you mm-hmm. anymore. And um, 
Biden, so we played last segment the ridiculousness where he spells out dot instead of <laughs> on the website dot gov. Mm-hmm. And then yesterday, he apparently got abortion and gay marriage confused. Take a listen. The right that I pushed hard and it finally got changed, the married couples in the privacy of their bedroom, excuse me, the mar- I'm thinking about the Dobbs, the Dobbs decision. Imagine, well, I'll get to that in a second. Wait, what? <laughs> He has no idea what he's talking about. Kevin, can we play that again? Because that is so bad. The right that I pushed hard and it finally got changed. The married couples in the privacy of their bedroom. Excuse me. The mar- I'm thinking about the Dobbs, the Dobbs decision. Imagine. Well, I'll, I'll get to that in a second. <laughs> what do I even say to that, Casey? I, I don't. I, I don't know. Let's just let that sink in for a second. And then we should just move on because you can't explain that away. So then someone who amazingly may make even less sense than Joe Biden is cringe on Pierre. Mm -hmm. And she got asked then, okay, Mm -hmm. so you're not doing anything on the economy, inflation. There's uh, you're not lifting a finger, your gas prices, but you're having a big old speech and rally on on demand abortion. So is abortion or inflation Biden's? top priority and Casey you tell me if you can decipher what she's saying here is his number one domestic priority abortion or is it inflation? Well, let's not forget what the president has done the last 19 months. He has made the economy his top priority. He, he has passed the American Rescue Plan, by by the way, as you heard me say all the time. No Republicans voted for that in Congress. And it was a plan that helped us get back on our feet with the economy. <laughs> so he made the economy his top priority. Well, he really stinks at it. (laughs) Oh, wait. I remember now, Rob. The economy is strong as hell. That's what he said. Do you have any ice cream that we can swallow down this malarkey with? (laughs) So then she gets asked as a follow-up, and this is the question every Democrat should be forced to answer. And it is the one thing where I thought in both the... uh, in the U.S. Senate debate the other night that that McDermott was not pressed on because he said he supported Roe, mm-hmm. but Roe means that states could have extreme measures on abortion up to and including live birth like they tried to do in Virginia. So mm-hmm. I support Roe doesn't tell you anything. McDermott was not forced to answer the question because they don't want to answer the question because the answer to the question is the lunatic base of the Democrat Party does not support any restrictions on abortion. And so whether it's Destiny Wells or Tom McDermott or whoever, they're all for it. They won't say it out loud. So cringe on Pierre got asked, mm-hmm. does Biden support any restrictions on abortion? And she won't answer the question. Are there any restrictions whatsoever that the president would support when it comes to abortion? He be- again, he believes in the provisions that Roe had, um, and that's where he stands. I would suggest you reading it so you get a sense of what the president uh, stands and what he wants to see. All right. <laughs> so the answer is no. And this is why the abortion issue one of the reasons the abortion issue didn't resonate for more than about a month. Number one, I think a lot of people finally came to their senses and were like, dude, I don't want an abortion, so why would I vote for something I don't even want when there's something that I do want, which is affordable food and gas? Mm -hmm. And that set in 
with people. But the other thing that has dawned on people is the Democrats don't support any restrictions on abortion. If the Democrats came out and said, and here's the crazy thing about this, and I totally disagree with this, obviously, because we know my position on the issue. But if the Democrats came out and said, we are a party that believes, as the majority of Americans do, in the idea of a woman's right to choose up through the first trimester, Mm -hmm. they actually might be able to make quite a bit of ground on that. And then if they said, look, Science has proven to us that fetuses can feel pain, they can hear music, they can all these things after the first trimester, so we wouldn't dare, knowing that someone would feel pain, do that to them because that's murder. So we are against abortion after, say, 15 weeks, which is what the Dobbs decision was originally all about. They would weirdly probably win votes, and the abortion issue would be a winner for them. The problem is they don't support that. Destiny Wells wants abortion from conception to live birth. Tom McDermott wants abortion from conception to live birth. And people have picked up on this because they won't answer the question. Yeah, and that's just gross. The thought thought of that is a major, major turnoff to many people. And Biden made this deal yesterday with the rank-and-file Democrats. He said, hey, elect more Democrats to Congress and I'll sign the law codifying abortion rights. And he even said when he would do it. He said, I'm going to do it in January on the anniversary of the 1973 Roe v. Wade decision. So he's just, he's even, he's like calling his shot practically. Uh, And voters are looking at other issues like inflation and the economy. And now Democrats are worried that these swing voters are going to turn to Republicans to find ways to reduce their grocery bills and their gas bills and things that affect them every single day. Hey, can we close this hour on a positive note? Yes, please. And it is that a night with WIBC, even mm-hmm. after the additional ticket drop, is sold out. Yeah. We uh, printed almost nearly double the tickets from last year, and they still sold out. And we want to thank everybody that is coming to that, because really, a night with WIBC. UIBC is about us thanking you, Mm -hmm. the audience, for being the best darn audience in the whole land. Even you crazy lunatics who think it's a good idea to straight ticket vote. We (laughs) like you as well. And so we want to thank everybody for helping us sell that thing out. You're the best. Yeah, I can't wait to meet everybody. It's going to be a fun night. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Thanks for listening this morning.